0: Welcome in to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis.
2: The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome in to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi, joined, as always, by Mr. Jim Eichenhofer, the podcast, as always, presented by SeatGeek, and we are so happy to have you listening. Uh, First of all, it's Halloween, and Jim and I are in spooky moods. Uh, We're both dressed like ghosts, but we're so glad you can hear us through the sheets. And uh, hey, we have a big win to talk about, man. That was a fun one last night. Uh, you know, daytime—well, yesterday I should say—daytime basketball. You and I talked about it on Twitter a little bit, Jim. That should be a thing, man. It really should. I mean, the only—this
3: uh, isn't gonna—I hope this
2: doesn't sound like a complaint.
3: My—it's not. Gonna, not a gym rant. My, my only—my only thing is, I would much prefer that if we're gonna play Saturday and Sunday, I'm a big NFL guy. If we're gonna play yeah. Sunday afternoon games, I'd rather have them be after the NFL season's over. Yes. Like, give me all of them from you know January through April. But nonetheless, um, it was. it's always good to have a day game and just get out of the way. I mean, this is a little bit behind the scenes here, but I enjoy when there's no shoot-around, for example, when the team's yeah. at, at home and we can just jump right into the game. We don't have to talk about it a ton and go over everything in the morning. And also, just to be done, I mean, people were were wrapping up yesterday by like five thirty, six o'clock, I yeah. think, and it was nice to have the evening. But, yeah, we need more day basketball. Agreed. I have a lot of reasons why – I love day basketball, but most of them you probably don't want to
2: hear or need to hear. <laughs> Insider training. <tree. laughs> so, but yeah, it was. I'm the same way. Look, I had to get into the. For daytime basketball, I agree. It should be after football season. I had to get into the Smoothie King Center while a Saints game was going on directly mm. across the street. Yes. I had to just schmooze, wear different uniforms and costumes. Uh, at one point, it was me and two other dudes stacked up in a trench coat <laughs> to get into the building. But, uh, no, it, is, it, it was so much fun to just be able to watch it during the day. And if you're a New Orleanian, look, we like to day drink. We like to party in the nice weather. Being able to watch a basketball game somewhere with, like, you know, the outside looking nice and the sunshine, and then be able to go enjoy your evening. Mwah! Chef's kiss. Just beautiful. Let's keep it going, NBA, after the football season. <laughs> and it was even more enjoyable yesterday if you did partake
3: in watching the game in a nice patio somewhere because – of the way the Pelicans played. I mean, the first half was a little bit of a struggle, especially the first quarter or so. But, I mean, the New Orleans clamped down on defense a ton in the second half yeah. and just broke out in a big way and turned what was a tie game at halftime into a 21-point win. Just, I'm impressed by continually seeing more and more different players contribute. We're going to talk about that a little bit with Aaron Hardigan later in the yeah. show. But, I mean, the play of... Najee Marshall yesterday again had a really good game he's had played really well three games in a row um, since he's been in the starting lineup Zion made his return and was at one point seemed like he had a chance for a triple double ended up with 21 12 and 7 you had guys off the bench Devontae Graham had three three three-pointers and nine points Larry Nance Jr. almost a little bit under the radar had a had a really good game yesterday had 15 points it's not something like the Pelicans need him to do every game in terms of scoring. Yeah. But that was a nice boost to have those 15 points and nine rebounds. Everyone remembers how good he was and valuable he was in the play-in game against the Clippers in the same court, on the same court last uh, April. So it was kind of more of the same from him. Yeah, But just in general, I mean, for the Pelicans the last three games to be without multiple starters and, again, didn't have Herb Jones and Brandon Ingram yesterday – the last three games they've played against some of the best teams in the Western Conference between um Dallas, Phoenix and the Clippers. Yeah. To go two and one during that stretch is really encouraging. Obviously we wanna see all of the guys be healthy yeah. and come back. But we we know during the course of the NBA season there's gonna be guys that miss games. There's gonna be guys that have injuries. There's gonna be guys that are out for, you know, illness and other reasons. So but it's it's a great sign to see the way that New Orleans is still able to win even though they don't have some of their main guys, and yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll point out one stat from last season that I think is interesting. When Brandon Ingram played last season, Pelicans were 29 and 26, which is very good pace. When he didn't play, they were 7 and 20. So, I mean, they really struggled. I mean, you just look at that number. 7 and 20 is basically 25% winning percentage. Yeah, They're 2 and 1 already this season when he doesn't play. Just shows you that the progress that they've made, I think, the player development – has been huge for guys like Naji who are undrafted to be able to early in his 3rd season in the NBA to be able to say okay you're going to start now and for him to deliver the way he has is just a testament to the the work that the coaches have done and obviously the work that the players have done the, the time that they've spent in the gym.
2: No, I mean it and it also speaks to the cohesion of the team, the way they gel. It looks like Naji feels like he belongs there when he has to start. Look, if you if you've listened to the players even on media day, we you know, questioned a lot of the players on who was the biggest jokester? Who's, your fa- who's the funniest teammate? All of them said Najee. Mm-hmm. All of them seem to love Najee. They love his sense of humor. They love him behind the scenes. And I think that helps when Najee has to step into a starting role. He knows these guys. He doesn't feel out of place. They are all friends. They're all tight. And I think they're all there to help each other. Look, Jim and I were talking about it before we got on the air here. And it's something that I've observed throughout the league. We, you know, there's so many teams with big threes. Uh, you know, it's it's just become trendy. You have a big three, or your your big starting two, whatever. And generally, when you look at your top scorers, it's always a little lopsided. Even in the big three, it'll be one guy that went off, maybe two if you're lucky. But with the Pelicans, even with some of our starters out and some of our big stars out, that the your, the top scorers it just seems evenly distributed every single night. And some of these went like you talked about, Larry Nance. You know, having a having a big game, but he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Just to see all that scoring spread out on this team, it gives you so much more confidence that you don't just need one guy or you're not one guy away from being able to compete with these teams.
3: And I think that's a big reason why they're off to the start that they have had. I mean, obviously, it's only six games. We don't want to get too carried away. I don't want to write or tweet too much about about exactly crowning them or like how awesome of a start that they've had. But we talked about a lot during the offseason after the schedule was released that in some ways the first few weeks of the season might be the toughest on paper in terms of eight of the first 11 are on the road. Yeah, They're already six games through that and they have a four and two record. Um, pretty soon, it's probably not there yet, but I want to start looking up, you know, when the last time they had a record through 10 games that was as good as, as this could be, um, that kind of thing. And so I, I'm really happy to see that they're um, – changing the trend that we've experienced the last few years where they're getting out of the gate slowly. And I think if you had told us before the season that the the team would be a hundred percent healthy, we still would be happy with the way that they've started the season. For sure. When you factor in that there have been a few guys, game, guys out and they're four and two through six games with the schedule that they've had, if they can keep putting wins together, I think we'll be even more happy with the way that they've gotten out of the gate here.
2: And and even with the losses, I don't think it's been anything to be demoralized about. I mean, look, you lose yeah. in overtime and a heartbreaker against the Jazz, who have surprised a lot of people. And you never saw the Pelicans give up in that game. Phoenix, okay, you dropped that one pretty honestly to a team that was very healthy. And when we, were, we didn't have Zion, no Brandon Ingram, no Herb Jones mm-hmm. and a strew of other injuries. Let's not let a lot of guys played that were still hurt in that game as well. Sure. Um, I don't think there's anything to ha- hang your head at. Right. On, on either of those losses.
3: Yeah. And I think the Utah game, you mentioned how there are multiple players out completely for the Phoenix game, The Utah game. They lost a couple guys during the game yes. that weren't able to play in the fourth quarter. Um, and and I think too, if you factor in the way the jazz have looked in all of their games this season, they've, been better than people thought they would be. They're they're a good team based on the way that they've played the first couple weeks of the season. And I believe Phoenix still only has one loss. I mean, not only were the outcomes of those games not anything like you said that you should be upset or ashamed about, but those are good teams based on what we've seen so far. So, yeah. I mean, they could easily the Pelicans could easily have just one loss if that Utah game had gone differently but um it's been it's been really impressive and another thing i didn't even talk about was uh the way that they've started on the road this year where they have double digit wins against brooklyn, charlotte and then they beat the clippers by 20 plus yep. yesterday so it's been the only road loss they've had so far was phoenix that bodes really well for getting through this stretch like i said where they have a ton of road games they've they only have in this stretch coming up, they just have the one home game against Golden State on Friday right. before they finally get to a part of the season where they're
2: going to be in New Orleans a lot more. Honestly, you are talking about the Jazz and that they're a good team. Sometimes just the complexion of a team, it, it you don't need stars. Sometimes mm-hmm. just people who work together and sure. work together well sort of accidentally creates a good team. On the opposite side of that, the Pelicans are facing the Lakers soon. And uh, boy, look, they just got their first win. But we just got to hope we can snap that one-game winning streak because a few things would make me feel better, Jim. <laughs> yes, I will.
3: I, I'm sure everyone is looking forward to that game Wednesday. Um, we're going to be getting Get into that a lot on during Wednesday's show. I mean, I actually did – I had not had just thought of this. The I did a poll the other day asking which of the three – um, games on the road trip that fans were the most looking forward to. And they're all quality games, between quality opponents between Phoenix, the Clippers, and the Lakers. I was expecting it to be pretty evenly distributed. I thought maybe the Clippers would be a little bit lower just because there's less maybe motivation or or people that don't ha- have uh, animosity towards the Clippers compared yeah. to Phoenix and the Lakers. But the Lakers still got, I want to say, something like 65 65- percent of the votes That's so it. i mean even though the road trip started on friday people were already really looking forward to the the last of the three games against the lakers
2: yes so we'll talk more about that later but aaron hartigan from Bally sports is joining us she always loves a good spooky pun she loves halloween i wanted to tell her about Labo coming up for uh the lake but it's going to be too late anyway by that point aaron Hardigan is joining us let's get her on the podcast right now Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, you know her, you love her from Valley Sports, Miss Erin Hartigan joining Jim Eichenhofer and I. Erin, how are you doing?
1: They know me. Love might be an overstatement at times, oh, but never. it is great to be with you on this uh, this Halloween edition. It's uh, it's always spooky when you get a little Hardigan in the mix, huh?
3: <laughs> you know, we couldn't think of a better person to have as a guest on Halloween. <laughs> I've been planning this for weeks, maybe even months. So we're very happy to are, have are you.
1: you. Are you big Halloween guys? Because I know I was, Mark Stein was on the show with me yesterday and he feels Halloween is the most underrated NBA holiday. Are you guys into it?
2: Yeah. We're keeping people on their toes here because Jim is dressed like Pac-Man and I'm just <laughs> dressed like a blue dot and he's just chasing me around the facility. <laughs> uh, you know, people don't know what to make of it, but we're having fun.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, normally I would be more into Halloween than I am this year, but this year I'm, Um, dressing up tonight as a Phillies fan, watching game three of the World Series, and I'm going to scream at any any kids that come close to my property and tell them, leave me alone. (laughs) If this is the World Series, this is serious. Yeah, just have some Jolly Ranchers to throw at them. Exactly.
1: Listen. Keep the lights off. Put the bucket of candy out there. Take one apiece. You yeah. know, some kid's gonna dump it into his pillowcase. Listen, you, That's, how, how are we feeling about them Phillies tonight? How I feel great. Back home.
3: Yeah, I feel. I feel really good. They haven't lost at home in the playoffs yet. And your idea, I think, is probably better than mine in terms of I should just put a bucket of candy out there and, and have a note that says, <laughs> "Take whatever you want."
2: That probably would work better than me just yelling at
3: people that come too
2: close to the. Yeah, when they hear you door. screaming at the TV, they might just run off before they could take the full bucket anyway. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: listen, Jim's got a lot to celebrate right now, which is
3: exciting. <laughs> Always, I certainly do. But Aaron, um, you know, like I said, we wanted to have you on for Halloween, and I thought we had a. It was enjoyable yesterday during the pregame show and the postgame show on TV that I got to check out. Um, I noticed that you guys had a lot of Halloween type themes to the coverage yesterday, and I also noticed that you, um, started having some. You had some kind of halloween puns type things you for example you called Jose Alvarado <laughs> Mr. Steel Yo Candy you you mentioned I was
1: very, I was very proud of that one by the way <laughs> yes
3: you also mentioned that the pelicans ghosted the clippers by beating them in the playoff or the play in round last year i mean not
1: a lot li- not a lie not right. a lie so um, you know
3: <laughs> did i miss anything a a what kind of preparation went into how you came up with these, and B, did I miss anything from that I should have caught on my list?
1: <laughs> well, I have, I have too much fun when it comes to, like, you know, I'm a very punny person. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm into those. I, I didn't want to overdo it, so I hope I didn't. But I will tell you, um, that was also Raymond Felton's Pelicans Live debut. How did he yes. feel the... the former Tar Heel did in, in his first show for, I mean, he's undefeated at this point. So at this point I'm like, Hey, what do you got going on Wednesday? I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, little I'm a, I'm a little vicious. Can you come back Wednesday? We might need you again. You yeah.
3: Know? I thought it was, I thought it was great. It was cool to see, you know, you and he and, and Mark Stein together. It was kind of a good combination, a new one, but like kind of like the team on the floor, we're trying out different combinations and, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. It was very, uh, fun listening to him and hearing his insight. We got, I guess we have another, uh, former player, recent former player in the mix on the broadcast team. So I thought that was great.
1: Yeah. And he was, you know, well, we joked that Zion returned specifically for him yesterday, so he could ensure him, uh, his, his debut victory. But, um, David Wesley was meanwhile, uh, serving as courtside analyst yet again, absolutely nailing that role. And, and uh you know spooky really Halloween David. costume we, yes yes <laughs> that's his new that's his new costume no and, and he's he's absolutely crushing it in that role and, and I really enjoyed his post-game interview with Zion yesterday and and yeah. uh as Raymond called it that Kodak smile right like he mm-hmm. has I mean he's just he's glowing this year um and it was it was great to see him back on the floor and and Jim you can attest to this and so can you Joe it's you know when he's when he's Present when he's on the floor, you just see the ripple effect throughout the team, the confidence, um, and 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 they rode that yesterday in in that fight to to come back. I thought it was very appropriate that it was against the Clippers because you know coincidentally it was a year ago in the play-in tournament when Willie made his famed "you got to fight" speech mm-hmm. you know, in that in that play and win, and and we saw that fight yesterday against that same team, and and uh, and that was fun to watch.
2: I've got to say, I think my favorite part of that David Wesley interview with Zion was when Zion said, I'm going to get the look I want respectfully, (laughs) basically saying I'm that dude with respect, which was nice. You have to you have to show
3: the proper respect for opposing defenses and as you run through them and just say, but you're still not going to stop me. So, (laughs) you know, Aaron, before we delve too deeply into the basketball part of it, which I'm sure we're going to get into, I had one last thing I was going to ask you, and that is um, I was curious about. The pregame and postgame and halftime yesterday. Did you consider wearing a costume? It, 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 did they have to like talk you out of it or something like that for the show? Because I feel like you're the kind of person that would be like, "We should all dress up for this," and you <laughs> and tell Raymond and Mark Stein you're like, "You guys need to come in costume for this."
1: Well, I went as a hot mess express. You couldn't tell. <laughs> um, that, that, no, that that's that that's my uh, that's my daily costume. No, um, <laughs> no, I, I I honestly like. I haven't really been like a costume person. Of like, now I will tell you, my favorite all time was the pink Power Ranger mm. as a child. Okay. Um, so I considered maybe busting that back out, but I also kind of like threw out. I was like, maybe we should each go as like one another, like you know, <laughs> Rainbow <laughs> oh, with Stein. I yeah. so, like that would have been so cool, or just like the cast of Anchorman or something, you know. But I mean, um, yeah. Maybe. Unfortunately, my my puns were far too much, so we we had to draw the line at the <laughs>
2: top. I'm say, seeing you in a bald cap <laughs> and a mustache, dresses David Wesley would have been amazing. But. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just have so much fun, and and I hope the viewers feel that. Um, and it, it's great to kind of get. You know kind of a, a rotating cast of, of analysts because it's nice to kind of you know it's refreshing to have different takes and and uh mark stein is, has done a tremendous job I, I don't know if you guys have caught some of his essays he's written yeah. on the pelicans this mm-hmm. season it's it's um it was funny like when he when he wrote the home opening essay for us it, w- it was kind of surrounding the the fact that if you look at the guys that you know the 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 superstars that never saw the floor last year you could create a super team around those you know Paul George and and Kawhi and Zion and John Wall and uh Dane Lillard I mean like so many guys and it was like wow like when you really thought about it you were like oh my god I mean think of the think of the names that we didn't get to watch last year sure. and I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled to
2: see most of them back you know yeah, we got into it a little bit, speaking of the Clippers game, but you know, obviously Zion was back. We were so glad to see him. I feel like we needed all the firepower we can get right now. And uh, as you said, it seems like the offense, the whole team just sort of works differently when he's on the floor. It's almost like having your big brother at your back. It's like, well, the big guy's here, so we can actually run our offense the way we want. I mean, how much fun did you have seeing him back? And, and he had a great performance in that game.
1: Yeah. Well, one, I I just want to because it's my first time on the podcast this year. I just want to commend him on um, the work he put in in the off season. I mean, he looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed that immediately at media day, um, and I know I know he he certainly you know he dedicated himself to that this off season. He didn't travel. He uh, he pretty much locked himself in a gym and and went to work. And um, you know, it, it's it's um, it's nice seeing him be able to do so many different things and i, I they asked him about that in the post game press conference last night you know like oh the, you know you're just some guy that you're just a big dude that can just drive in the paint and dunk on everyone but no he can distribute right like he can make he, he has a high iq and he can make decisions on the fly and so you know he can penetrate and then see the open man kick it out and that and that's the beauty of the depth of this team and and he even noted that you know he's like i if i'm double or triple teamed like Keep it simple. There, that means there are at least one or, or two guys open. Kick it out to him, and he, he trusts his teammates to make that shot um, when it's not there for him. And um, you know, I just I, I just think this team has so many different ways to beat you and to and to adjust to different defensive schemes and, and different you know teams. And and that's that's what's going to be fun is is kind of watching um, the the different rotations, the different. As Jim alluded to, the different collections of guys on the floor um, that this team can utilize throughout the season. But yeah, I mean, you know, Zion can do so much more than I think what what people kind of pegged him as early on in his career is just this big dude that can drive in the lane and, and dunk it on you, which he can, and yes. it's quite scary to keep with the Halloween theme. <laughs> but you know, I I I love I love the fact that he is able to show right now. Um, the versatility of of his game, and I'm glad people are getting to see that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm. Look, it, it is amazing to see Zion in shape. I remember from media day, he walked in, just ripped, shredded, and it was like looking into a mirror. I was like, who Who is Zion? <laughs> who is me? It was- so hard to tell. I remember I called you Zion. I accidentally. One it, it happened time, Joe. a lot, probably because yeah. I shaved a Z into my head as well. Uh, you
1: are—it's a, a doppelganger thing. Yeah, I, I
2: get it. I can totally see it. Yes. <laughs> it, and it is—it it, like you said, it is interesting to see those other facets of his game. People think of him as a dunk machine, but that touch at the rim when he does drive to the rim to make those layups, and also uh, underrated passer. I think Zion could be an absolutely devastating passer in this league with his vision, with his strength and you saw some of that with him actually you know taking up some space and people driving to him under the rim and him just dishing it out to his his teammates some really impressive passes from Zion and i think CJ McCollum i can't remember alluded to it where they yes. said we're going to want him to be that well-rounded player because it's going to make us so much harder to defend
1: well and CJ CJ2 is is proving to be uh he's taken a page out of Dame Dime's book you know like showing he can distribute as well and and he's kind of getting with with Brandon off the floor right now like he's kind of getting that bi treatment that we saw a year ago before cj came aboard where you know he's getting double teamed if not if not triple teamed. they're trying to take his shot away and so he's able to kick it to the open man and trust that his teammates gonna knock it um in fact we we mentioned yesterday cj had he entered yesterday's game with 40 assists for the first five games that's the fifth wow. most in franchise history and so you know and it was funny because david wesley even noted friday night he's like Wait a minute, CJ's a dimes guy. Like what? Like when did this happen? Yeah. But you know, again, he's 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 kind of understanding now why he was brought aboard because that was the same treatment Brandon was getting last year. I mean, you guys remember. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron. If so I mean, you know, so so it's it's positive to see that these guys are able to quickly adjust. And as we mentioned, the depth certainly helps because I mean, if you look at it. Um, Jim, I know you're right up this morning. You mentioned all three wins on the road have come in double digits, and then you're looking mm-hmm. at, you know, um, uh, you know, in Brooklyn it was Zion, Bi, and CJ each with at least 20 apiece. Yeah. You know, in Charlotte it was then JV getting in the mix with a 30-point double-double. You you know, you had Larry leading the bench yesterday. Devontae... Friday night in Phoenix leading the bench, you know? And then you have the best team win, probably one of the best team wins I've ever experienced, if not the best, against Dallas, Trey Murphy, like, leading the way perfectly, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's a, it's a different guy on any given, I mean, every night. And, and that is, something that's refreshing because we have not always experienced that here in New Orleans, so that's what I'm most enjoying, is, is um, the, the depth and the chemistry um, that this team has right now. You know, Aaron, your list is so long that there's
3: actually another player that I was going to mention that, I mean, we could be here all day talking about all of the positive stuff, but um, if there's one downside to David Wesley not being in the studio with you is I feel like we didn't get as many, um, how do you say it? Najee calls, as you guys always do. So, um, first of all, how was my my rendition? Was it decent?
1: Listen, I I typically leave... you're giving David Wesley a run for his money, my oh, friend. Oh, I, mean, he, he, I you like might it. We need to like we I we need okay. So Joe, I need you to cut that. We need that as a drop so yep. we can use that on Pelicans Live in place that we can maybe dub over David Wesley if yeah. that works. <laughs> but you know, David, David loves those undrafted guys. He loves for those sure. dogs, the guys that went undrafted and they're having to kind of claw and fight their way for a career in this league, and he's doing that.
3: So uh, my and my question was besides you know how my Najee rendition was was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, just what, what do you think about just the way he's played the last few games? I mean, it just seems like, I mean, among the many bright spots, just the last few games has probably been the best stretch he's had of his career so far.
1: Yeah. What is the averaging like 17 and a half? Yeah, 17, three, yeah. I mm-hmm. think it's, oh my goodness. I mean, and, and again, went undrafted and you know, he, but I'm, every time, you know, I'm at shoot around or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in New Orleans and I'm watching him I mean he's he's shooting with, with, he's at, he's, he is enrolled in the Fred Vincent school of shooting and he's out there with Herb and, um, you know, Kyra, I guess when he was healthy and, and, you know, he's, he's, um, you know, he's training with a lot of the starters. And I think, I don't know, he carries himself in that same sort of light. Like he doesn't see himself as kind of this underdog, you know, he has that confidence, but I think he also thrives kind of having that chip on his shoulder. Um, but he's just, you know, he's another guy that you, you need those dogs. You need him and, and Jose and, and guys that just bring the effort. Um, because I think that only propels the other guy. You know, it, it it pushes the other guys. And I don't know. He's It's been fun to watch, like, his career, like, since he came aboard. Um, yeah. But but he's another one that, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, Fred Benson, whatever. I don't know what, like, I don't know what his magic is, Coach Vincent, but... <laughs> Like, whatever it is, it's working. And it's been so much fun watching him help guys develop their shots from Brandon to Herb to guy like Najee, you know? I mean, he's doing it with guys at all levels. And um, I don't know. It's, I, I'm just – I'm so proud to see Najee, you know, making a difference. But, again, it's a different guy on any given night. I mean, Trey Murphy is part of that Vincent School of Shooting as well. And you had Larry Nance, you know, last night leading the bench, one of six and double figures. I mean, it's it, – this is – the deepest team, again, I've covered here in my time in New Orleans. You both can attest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you, David, speaking of David Wesley, we, we say it all the time. We are going to enjoy every bit of success this year because <laughs> we have earned the right to based on some of the seasons we've had to cover in the past. So we have earned this uh, this this point in our career. And, and it's hard to believe it. I've been doing it for 10 years now. But um, But this could be... Um, at, at this rate, and, and if we can get, you know, Brandon back, and I'm hoping all is well with him, um, you know, his, his injury is nothing you take lightly, but um, this could be a, a, a special year. And I asked Mark Stein yesterday, I was like, does this team finish, like, if they're healthy, if Brandon and Zion and everyone's available, would this team finish top five in the West? He's he was a little he was a little, you know, skeptical about top 5, but I'm going to go out on a ledge. I'm going to go out on that limb and I'm I'm going to I'm going to bet that if this team remains healthy, um I could see them finishing top 5, at least top 6. How about that? We no, did extend Absolutely. It a bit. Look, top the West is stacked, the
2: West. but I mean the, the Pelicans are looking good and Naji looks at home with the starters and you talked about some of those undrafted guys clawing, you know, Jose Alvarado for one. The Pelicans have had a lot of great draft success. Between Zion, lucky, but also, you know, with with Trey Murphy, with Dyson Daniels, with Herb Jones, those those look like some of the best draft steals. And I add on to that are undrafted guys, like Najee, like Jose. They're steals as well, as far as I'm concerned. And the greatest test of the depth of this team has come in these last few games. I mean, when your backups are playing quality minutes, when you're missing starters and beating good teams, that to me feels different. That that's better than you know rotational depth. That to me shows that like a lot of these guys could start on a lot of teams. And you know I think that's a testament to Willie Green too. Um, I don't know. He just has. It,
1: it was crazy to think this year, entering this year. I, you know, David and I were talking about on, on opening night to think Brandon and, and Zion and and guys that had been here since 2019. This was their first season in New Orleans with the same head coach for a consecutive season. I mean, you know, they came in with Alvin and then they had Stan during like the bubble season. And then, you know, now they finally kind of have some stability and consistency and a coach that they would run through a brick wall for. I think we all would after that, that you got a fight speech. I yeah. mean, I, I, I don't know who wouldn't after, after something like that, but, you know, this is a guy that, and I think what's special about Willie is he knows that every every, you, you have a melting pot of guys that come from different backgrounds and upbringings and beliefs and, the, you know, and, and he knows you have to individually kind of figure out how to coach each one. You know, yeah. it's, it's not, you know, it's, they're not cut from the same mold. So it's like, how do I, how do I reach this guy? Does he need like a, a kick in the, you know, what, or does mm-hmm. he need maybe a little more comfort? I mean, you got to figure that out. And that's, that's difficult as a coach. I mean, you got to go to, you know, you have to coach each one so differently. And he has mastered that. And, and, and at his age and, and, and just his, you know, second season yeah. as a head coach in this league, I mean, it's incredible. And so I just, I can't commend him enough yeah. on on the, the, the job he's done in, in rallying and in maintaining hold of that locker room.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's nice to see Willie green getting national attention for possibly being, you know, a, a coach of the year, a rising young coach. I got to say, I listen to that. You got a fight speech every morning in the shower, chugging energy drink. I'm ready to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, forget coffee. Just play that on on a loop. That's our that's our pregame show pep talk. I mean, listen. If that doesn't get you going, I don't know what will. But but no, he's special, and and we are so lucky to have him here in New Orleans. And and uh, again, I'm going to soak up every bit of fun and success we get this year because. The three of us have been, we, we've been through, uh, we, we've been through the ringer, so we deserve this. Yes.
2: How about that? Yeah. There's been a lot of seasons <laughs> just smiling, going, it'll get better guys. <laughs> this one feels good. Well, Aaron, I know
3: that you're a busy person, especially on Halloween. It, it's a, a big day for you. Um, but I wanted to ask you before we go, um, do you know when we're going to get to see you again in, uh, the smoothie King center? Do you guys have any, any plans coming up here?
1: Well, we do have that lengthy homestand approaching. Right. Following uh, the what is it? The next four or five on the road, and then yeah. we get that lengthy homestand. So I will be in New Orleans uh, mid-November, which which I cannot wait. Also, I will note quickly: um, I have noticed, and I, I you guys could 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 probably um, attest to this better than I could, but from what I've grasped in my in my last several trips to New Orleans here over over the off season and for the home opener um it seems like the buzz around basketball in the city has been bigger than ever rumor has it that there was more talks around the pelicans in the offseason than even the saints which has never happened in my decade covering this team yeah um and i've known i've noticed that, i mean just like like every uber driver i've ever had in the city i mean that's all they talk about is the pelicans and it's so i mean i'm i'm loving it and so i uh it's a new day
2: and age. It's a new era, and I'm digging it. Yeah, I, it, 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 the Pelicans are cool now, and it's nice to see people hopping on the bandwagon. I, I've seen more people at bars talking about the Pelicans, who I don't think even they're basketball fans, but they're starting to come on. I've got people in other towns who are now Pelicans fans, and I just say, welcome. It's going to be fun. Hop on.
1: <laughs> All aboard the bandwagon. Listen, I yeah, I am, I am open arms at this point, um, <laughs> but for the three of us, We've we've we have seen it all, and um, you guys deserve to to enjoy this just as much as I do and uh, and the, the rest of the city. So, uh, we are. Um, always always happy to hop on with you too.
2: Well, appreciate it, Aaron. Thanks for your time today, and you can catch her all season long on Valley Sports, and hopefully in the blender when you see her at the Smoothie King Center. Aaron, thanks for joining Jim and I this morning.
1: Happy Halloween, Jim. Turn off the lights. Put the candy bucket out. Go Philly. <laughs>
3: You got it. That sounds like a plan to me.
2: Thank you very much to Aaron Hardigan of Bally Sports for joining us. Man, she's a lot of fun, Jim. She's always a blast.
3: She's great. It's always a good time talking to her and just going over a lot of different topics and by the way, Joe, uh, I I thought one of the things that you said reminded me I think I'm going to change my Twitter bio to Uh-oh. the Pelicans are cool now. Or yes. Maybe, maybe make that a, a marketing slogan or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
2: that, That's the we, new. won't bow down. The Pelicans are
3: cool now. We can even quote you. We can say the Pelicans are cool now from Joe Cardosi. <laughs>
2: yeah. Put a little sunglasses emoji after. Yes. It, you know? Yes. Because it's true. Hop on board. We're cool. Turn your hat backwards. Your Pels hat, by the way. <laughs> and, and we're so glad to, to have this Clippers win. But the trip is not over. Pelicans are still out West, looking to face one more L.A. team in the
3: lake. They certainly are, Joe. And in my one thing to know that I will pull from my five things to know that I wrote this morning, I mentioned how you, you could call this kind of superstar week for New Orleans in terms of their schedule. This is week three of the 82-game docket that they have. And they're going to be facing LeBron James on Wednesday, mm-hmm. Steph Curry on Friday, and then Trey Young on Saturday, so this is a really interesting group of opponents. Um, it's funny that the the, the team you didn't gets
2: mention t- Anthony Davis, by the way, as a superstar.
3: No comment. <laughs> the the so the um, the t- the team is going to only come back to New Orleans for like 24 hours or 48 hours, and then they have to immediately get back on a plane and go to Atlanta to face the Hawks on Saturday in a back to back. And then that segues into a, another three-game road trip. But in terms of this week, um, I think these are games that people are going to be really fired up to watch. The game Friday, apparently there are some tickets left, but there aren't a ton. So that game is is approaching. You know, You're going to be out of luck if you don't get on trying to get some tickets soon. So that'll be another I mean this is three straight home games to start the season where you're talking a packed house. Yeah. So I'm I'm really looking forward to Friday in particular. But as you said before we get there, we yes. have a Wednesday late night game and even though as we've talked about before, you know, some I'm not a coffee guy. I don't even really do anything for to, for energy. Um I feel like a lot of people won't need it because the opponent is is a prime target of pelicans fan base yes and uh people are going to be really looking forward forward to that at 9 30 on wednesday
2: yeah i just anytime the the pelicans play the lakers i just sort of wake up kicking my sheets and doing karate kicks and throwing <laughs> uppercuts into the air and then I'm, I'm ready to go i don't need any coffee no shower mm-hmm. nothing uh and look it, when you are in the blender for that golden state game i don't want to see any curry jerseys yes. i don't want to see any clay thompson jerseys mm. i want to see Pell's jerseys i'm so sick of just bandwagon Golden State fans who have lived here their whole lives wearing Golden State jerseys to the blender in the smoothie king center you wear Pelicans <laughs> jerseys Joe <laughs> rant <laughs> <laughs> I love it we're getting a
3: Joe rant yes. you know you know Joe um a lot of the Golden State, I, I have to point this out. A lot of the Golden State fans, or at least the people that wear the Curry jerseys, are younger children.
2: Yeah, they and are. I have
3: to warn kind you. Kind of bullying kids and right now. I, I'm not sure how I feel about you just going on a rampage and screaming at a bunch <laughs> of eight year olds Friday night. But your point is well taken. That we we don't want to see a bunch of Warriors jerseys. We don't want to see a bunch of people. Who just took off their Lakers jersey from a few years ago and put a Warriors one on? Yes. And before they had that, they put a they had a Cavs jersey on right, right before absolutely. that. So, um, but you're right. Let's uh, let's let's get a bunch of red and blue in the uh, dark blue in the Smoothie King Center, and not a bunch of yellow and royal
2: blue. Look, and if you're an eight year old who somehow found the podcast, you deserve me to yell at you. Get off your dad's computer. <laughs> uh, look, but we're happy. We're happy that we're going to be back home. And honestly, I'm a little happy. Before we play the Lakers, I don't know how this could go for some people, but I'm a little happy the Lakers actually got their first win. Because a part of me was like, man, they're going to be starving. They're going to be hungry, just gritty, trying to fight it out to get that first win. Well, they got the monkey off their back now. And maybe they'll come out a little flat. Maybe the Pelicans can uh, can sort of weather no Ingram again. But, you know, I'm just full health. I'm excited about seeing the Lakers. I don't care full morale, I don't care, but maybe, 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 maybe with that first win, we can catch them a little flat. You know, that's an
3: interesting theory, Joe, and the only thing I will say about the Lakers is regardless of what their mentality is or their philosophy, that I, my advice is to just keep doing what you're doing, keep everything the same, and uh, go forward that way, and uh, that that's that's what I'm looking forward to.
2: I know the the Pelicans themselves and Coach Willie Green, they're going to be like, you know, every game is just we, we look forward to the game. We just want to win one. But fans will know this one counts for two. So we're looking forward to this game a lot. And, uh, again, thanks to Aaron Hardigan for getting me in the Halloween spirit. I'm ready to go trick-or-treating. I don't even want to be here anymore, Jim. Let's <laughs> just go knock on doors. Yeah, maybe I should just do that before the Phillies game instead of working. I mean, Yeah, get why jacked not? up on candy. You yeah,
3: know? what the heck? Why not? <laughs>
2: Happy Halloween to all of you. Be careful out there. Enjoy yourselves. Hope the kiddies get some good snacks. And I hope you get some good snacks that they don't eat as well because we all know we eat the kids' candy. So Joe Cardosi here at jcar504 on Twitter. Jim Eichenhofer at jim underscore Eichenhofer on Twitter. Give us a shout. The podcast, as always, is presented by SeatGeek. We will talk to you on Wednesday. And until then, go Pels.
0: Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. terms and conditions apply. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200k for one ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically, for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more...